KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington. Welcome to the Steve on the Street podcast, a closer look behind the headlines as public policy and current affairs impact the real lives of real people. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm Steve Kiggins, reporter and photojournalist on Northwest Now on KBTC Public Television. Today, we're talking with the Downtown Seattle Association and its Downtown Recovery Dashboard, where it tracks data and the number of folks they're seeing return to this economic engine of downtown Seattle. It lures tourists from all across the map, and it's an important driver for jobs in our local economy. So let's dive right into our coverage there. Tourism officials say the warm and sunny months are doing pretty good, but it's those rainy and cold months where the tourism industry is kind of lagging behind. Meanwhile, the Downtown Seattle Association dashboard suggests another challenge might be those office workers still yet to return to the office. This summer was a good a good test case for, for what we can we can pull off. Tourists scramble for a picture-perfect snapshot of their visit to Emerald City icons. And after big name concerts and major league sports spectacles, 2023 might be the heavy pendulum swing. Seattle needed to get back into the spotlight. We are, you know, a world-class city, but we're still in that sweet spot of, of like, not taking it for granted. Right? Downtown Seattle Association's Kylie Rolf says one of those sweet spots yeah. is highlighted in the nonprofit's Downtown Recovery Dashboard, including stats showing a 21% decrease in violent crime year to year. The steep valleys in the data shows how absent visitors have been rebounding, showing feet beating a path across the city, selling out more hotel rooms in July of this year since August of 2019. We've got great numbers uh, happening. We have a new convention center open, um, and we've got lots of great collaboration going on in our community. It just feels really, really good. When it comes to romance, a little rain can be a pretty great thing. Visit Seattle says it's been busy selling Seattle's secrets in clever ways, like this cool kissing booth meant to lure overheated visitors in Phoenix. What we really need is is a, a mix of, of different kinds of business here. So um, we're very aggressively pursuing conventions and meetings. Um, that has been the slowest segment to come back. Lagging behind, according to dashboard data, is hard to miss when one can see emptied out offices inside downtown towers. But with more conventions on the horizon and a soon-to-be-completed waterfront restoration, many see the lure for new residents and visitors might be inevitable. We're hopeful that more employees, I think September, um, will be kind of a, a, another sea change month in terms of return to office. We've heard anecdotally a lot of uh, employers that are kind of using that as their, their start um, time to, to bring people back. And then we're also seeing a return of um, business travel and, and convention traffic. So I think that those two things, as long as they keep trending in that right direction, we'll be able to maintain that, that progress through um, the, the fall and winter. In Seattle, Steve Kickens, Northwest Now. Joining me on the podcast now is 
CEO of Visit Seattle, Tammy Caravan, and she's going to talk about what efforts her organization is taking across the West and really across the map as well to try and lure more folks into Seattle and what she believes next needs to happen to really kind of fill in the gaps to bring us all the way back in the black to bring us back to where we were pre-pandemic. Thanks for joining me to talk about this dashboard, this data talking about recovery in downtown Seattle. It's hard to almost imagine what two years ago looked like if you're going to hit the streets and the sidewalks today. What does it look like to you? Infinitely better. You know, it's um, particularly this year, last year started picking up for sure. Um, this year, you know, starting with spring and the MLB All-Stars and, and everything that um, has transpired since then. Um, it, it just feels really great downtown. We've got we've got great numbers uh, happening. We have a new convention center open, um, and we've got lots of great collaboration going on in our community. It just feels really really good. I tell you, I was down on the waterfront two nights ago, at nine ten o'clock at night. Families are packed. Businesses had closed, but there were still visitors packing the waterfront. It seemed to me that I can't quite remember. That that kind of demand back in Seattle over the past couple of years is really quite striking. We're very blessed. Um, it's been a huge cruise season, um, best best cruise season ever. Um, in addition to all of the wonderful things, and we've had some pretty nice weather too. So that helps people get out and enjoy the the late night sunsets in the summertime and and everything that comes with that. Well, no doubt, visit Seattle doesn't necessarily. We can't wait and cross your fingers, folks. Will come right. <laughs> You're the kind of the the come to see us uh, arm. Uh, So what is it that your office has been doing to reach out to potential uh, visitors? And what do you look to in terms of other municipalities, other cities that are striking the same chord, do you think? You know, I think um, it's an all of the above approach for us because what we really need is is a a mix of, of different kinds of business here. So um, we're very aggressively pursuing conventions and meetings. Um, that has been the slowest segment to come back um, post post pandemic, particularly corporate travel. So, um, really putting all of our shoulders behind the wheel on that. Um, we've got a, an incredible sales force, um, both based here in Seattle as well as as people around the country um, that continue to work on that segment. Um, and and then huge investments um, in the leisure market as well, whether that is promoting cruise or um, just leisure visitors uh, events. Um, certainly, the summer um, is easy because it, the the weather is so great. But also, the shoulder season is something that we really focus on, uh, and and it is a shoulder season for tourism, but it's not a shoulder season for our entertainment. Uh, partners and and theater and uh, the arts and and all of the things that take place during the winter and and fall months. So uh, we are working on promoting music venues. Uh, we we hold Refract, which is a, a glass art celebration in the fall. Uh, Museum month takes place in February. So leaning into all of those things in cooperation with the arts and culture partners, in cooperation with the hotels to offer packaging and doing some really unique kinds of marketing. We took a rain booth to hot places last summer so that we could talk about how gentle and beautiful and romantic the cozy season here is in Seattle. We are celebrating the 30th anniversary of Sleepless in Seattle and taking love boats around the UK. We are doing coffee shop takeovers in markets that are new to us so that we can say, 
before we advertise in a market, introduce ourselves in, in a very Seattle way that is very different uh, in the markets where coffee wasn't as popular this summer, we introduced Seattle Pops, all supporting local BIPOC businesses uh, and, and LGBTQ plus owned businesses. You know, 85% of the tourism industry is small business. So it takes a it, it takes a village. It, it is a team sport to to model um, just the right amount of collaboration to, in, in your words, do the inviting um, and make sure that we are are collaborating um, together, but also really sharing that message of everyone's welcome here. Um, we are inclusive. We are a, a brilliant society that that welcomes um other brilliant people that, that want to be a part of that. We we value the sustainability of, of our destination. We're good stewards of it, all of those kinds of things. Um, when, when we're looking around the country, there are a lot of other places that do interesting things, but I I have to say we do things a little bit differently. We're, we we do traditional advertising, but always preempted or or partnering with activations within markets that draw a different kind of attention so that we can leverage local media in the markets that we're trying to attract uh, and and working uh, collaboratively that way. Interesting you talk about um, uh, you've got to reach kind of both like niche communities and, you know, the kind of body politic at large. Uh, I remember we hit pause and rewind. Uh, my experience at the state convention center was grand. Every convention I've ever been was a joy. And then we see this thing erupt from the, from the ground. And I haven't been. <laughs> this thing, this new Seattle Convention Center is like this, this jewel on top of I-5 that's, you're no doubt, chomping at the bit, waiting to unleash on the, on the public at large. What's the future of the convention center look like if that might be one of the more difficult places? to get that ball rolling again. The, the great thing about conventions is that we start marketing those years in advance. Uh, conventions tend to book with a fairly long lead time, although those patterns are disrupted at the moment. So we really have been promoting our downtown campus, which includes the original building, Arch Building, and the new Summit Building. Um, both are, are beautiful, but they're also very different. How, how they fit groups are very different. So it allows us a, a huge amount of flexibility. We are the only city on the planet with two beautiful centers right in a downtown core that close together. We've got a, a great hotel package. So um, it has certainly accelerated since the building opened in January and people can come and actually see it. We've been talking about the plans for a decade. I love that you said it erupted from the ground because um, I love to think of it coming up that quickly, uh, but it, oh. it's been a decade in the making. No doubt. And, and we've been working on it for that long. So. Since Summit opened in January, we've seen uh, a huge acceleration in advanced bookings for that. Uh, and and some, some groups use one building, some groups use both buildings. And, and what that campus really allows us to do is to maximize that space, whether there's some move in in one building while another building is active or move out or, or the logistics that, that go along with all of the stuff that has to come in and, and stage and be set up for conventions and then ultimately move out as well. In my mind's eye, I think the only thing that comes to my mind about what's kind of next on the horizon, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, I think is the completion of construction at the waterfront. Uh, that's yes. kind of the next 
hurdle. Is there something I'm missing or is that kind of like the next last biggest hurdle that we've seen in the foreseeable future? Or what, what am I missing there? That That's a big deal for us and we are really excited. So we're going to see some elements of that coming together pretty quickly in the next several months and certainly in the next year and two. Um, the, the other thing, if you haven't been downtown for a little while, is right now the Pike and Pine streetscaping um, project has our streets torn up a little bit at the moment. So uh, we're excited for that to be completed, too. It, it's turning out that the, the sections that are complete are, are really looking good. Um, in addition to that, Pike Place Market is currently doing a strategic planning exercise. So uh, it'll be exciting to see what comes from that and, and the developments, but that that you know, traditional Mecca for all of us, locals and, and visitors alike, um, right. it is likely to transform a little bit. But the, the waterfront developments are going to be absolutely stunning and, and really the next big shiny thing that we're going to be able to talk about worldwide. Yeah, it feels like uh, just yesterday I was holding a piece of the viaduct in my hand reporting right after it had been completely leveled. And that seems like a lifetime ago. And no doubt construction takes time and then you know, the pandemic was like a big pause that was like a never ending void. <laughs> um, and maybe that still feels that way for some some folks, especially some small businesses that are really counting on the tourism industry, because I think it might be easy to forget if that's not your, you know, your, your life is this is an enormous draw for people around the world. Um, and clearly, it seems we've got I think we've reached, what, three million, two, three times just maybe these past 18 months or so and, and visitors returning. What's the draw? What are they telling your office about why Seattle is still that kind of shining beacon? I'm, I'm going to go with all the above. We, we are an incredibly exciting destination because we have so much to offer. You can never be all things to all people, but we do have something for everybody here. If you are a sports fan, um, we've got that in spades. If you are an outdoor enthusiast, that's really easy to get to. If you love the water, we have that. If you want to see the mountains, we have that. We have um, an amazing art scene. We have an amazing culinary scene. We've got iconic attractions and cool things to do. So that that whole mix, as well as some outstanding hotel facilities and, and an incredibly walkable and safe downtown, it makes it an enormous difference for us. Yeah, you hit on just the last couple of points I wanted to mention was that crime rate is, is on the way down in terms of violent crime and, and hotel reservations. I think I read on the dashboard are above 100%. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't I don't know that they're above 100%, maybe 100% growth. Um but we 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 still have some work to do in building that year-round um vitality, but certainly the summer has been pretty darn brilliant. The, the first quarter of this year, not so much. So, um we've got some work to do in in continuing to to build that. Could you maybe uh if if you don't mind typify for our viewers the the point of, of being that uh, you know, Seattle's kind of off on its own, um, big you know north and west and outside from really other large venues at least in in the contiguous U.S. How important the the draw is for for uh, visitors and um, uh, travelers that can make a significant impact on these small businesses and the communities at large. Incredibly critical. Um, you make a point about our location. One of one of the best things about that is that we have incredible airlift, which is 
um, industry lingo for we've got lots of direct flights to a lot of great places, um, both internationally and and nationally um, domestically. So that helps a lot. We're also a really great drive destination and our, our Canadian neighbors to the north comprise our largest international audience. So um, you know, exchange rate aside, we're still seeing the Canadian market grow leaps and bounds. We've got lots of, of growth to do on the on the international side. From a, a local's perspective or a local a local business perspective, the, the tourism industry is absolutely critical to to keeping all of the things that we love to do as locals alive. There are, are restaurants and, and shops and, and retail outlets and, uh, and, and services and transportation amenities that would not be able to survive were it not for the visitor economy. Um, you know, 60,000 people um, in the Seattle area get to go to work in the hospitality industry every day. Um, and that's still down from 2019, but it's, it's not a small number of, of folks. We've got um, $8 billion in, in annual spending. That's a, that's a huge infusion to the local economy. I also would like to make a point, though, that tourism is not about the visitors. Tourism is about us as, as residents. It's about building community and quality of life. Um, and so it's important that people come and, and we have that cultural exchange and, and all of that economic vitality and, and infusion so that we can continue to enjoy our quality of life and enjoy the legacies that are built for visitors. You know, convention centers aren't built for locals. They're built for visitors and our locals get to use them. The Space Needle wouldn't, wouldn't exist were it not for a, a tourism legacy. And the same goes for the aquarium um, and everything that's going on along the waterfront. It will benefit residents more than anybody, but without visitors, it wouldn't be able to exist. But a great point that was built by us. Yeah. I mean, I didn't build it, but <laughs> you know, the family <laughs> that did, they're local. They are part of this culture. That's what makes Seattle, what it is, and what a fantastic kind of cherry on top to describe that it's not necessarily Seattle that's the destination, it's us. That's yeah. really quite warm and fuzzy. It's a warm <laughs> and fuzzy business. You know, we, we build memories. It, like, I have spent my whole career doing things that help people build moments in their life that they will remember forever, and that's that's pretty cool. Moments they'll never forget in Seattle. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking time. It's lovely to chat with you. So thanks to the Downtown Seattle Association. Thanks to Visit Seattle for sharing time with us on the podcast today. And thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you spending so much time with me to gather an in-depth conversation about the news and events and impact all of us. I'm Steve Kiggins. We'll see you next time. <laughs>